0: Welcome to a History of Europe, Key Battles, the Battle of Las Navas de Tolosa, 1212, part two of five. King Alfonso I of Aragon, the battler, in his 30 years of reign from 1104 to 1134, was a fierce warrior king who won many battles against the Muslim enemy. Most significantly of all, he won control of the city of Zaragoza from the Almoravids, a tribe from North Africa who had recently conquered the southern half of the Iberian Peninsula. But any leader who wants to ensure his legacy lives on after his death needs the good planning or luck of a successful succession. And in this task, Alfonso made some unusual decisions which threatened to undo all his hard work. Alfonso's will, ratified just three days before his death, revealed the extent to which the crusading fever had taken hold of him, by naming as his heirs and successors to his kingdom the military orders of the Holy Sepulchre, the Hospitallers and the Knights Templar. The lack of an obvious heir partly explains the action, but Alfonso's motivation appears to have been to try and involve the military orders more in the war against the infidel. He seems not to have considered that the principal interests of the religious military orders were always likely to be centred in the Holy Land in the Middle East, or that the Aragonese nobles were likely to oppose the giving away of the kingdom. The idea was not totally without merit, since the Templars had already established themselves in Aragon during the king's lifetime, and indeed the indigenous orders of Alcantara, Calatrava and Santiago contributed greatly to the Christian cause. But no one seemed to really take the will seriously. The day after the king's death, the Aragonese nobles assembled and elected instead his brother, Ramira II, as king. Ramiro was a Benedictine monk, and for this reason had been passed over as successor in the will. His religious status weakened his claim to the throne, but his election seemed to be the only means of preventing the kingdom from falling into the hands of the military orders. As the new king, Ramiro claimed that he accepted the throne reluctantly, not out of any desire for honour or ambition or arrogance, but only because of the needs of the people and the tranquillity of the church. He appears sincere in this regard, feeling most at home in his monastery, but considering it his duty to do what he could to stabilise the kingdom. His first few months of rule were turbulent, as vassals attempted to assert local control. Also the nobles of Nevada, whose kingdom had been joined to Aragon since 1076, took advantage of the situation to elect their own king, and so win their independence. If the Aragonese neighbours assumed their new king would be docile and easily steered to their wishes, they were soon proved very wrong. Romero had the main troublemakers rounded up and executed. The new king also needed to be strong against the papacy. Pope Innocent II, exploiting the fact that the monarchs of Aragon were vassals to the Holy See, insisted Alfonso's will was carried out and refused to recognise Romero II as king. Ramiro, however, refused to step aside, and with the purpose of continuing his dynasty, set about the task of creating an heir. To this end he married Agnes, daughter of Duke William IX of Aquitaine. Once wed, his wife bore a daughter, Petronilla, who was betrothed to Ramon Berenger IV, Count of Barcelona, at the age of only one. The marriage contract signed at Barbastro on 11th of August 1137 made Petronila the heiress to the Crown of Aragon. This event was of great importance since by unifying the lands of Aragon with those of the Catalan counties of Barcelona, Girona, Vich, Besalú, and Sedania, a powerful new state was formed. The Crown of Aragon. Rivalries between the two regions were put aside and instead their joint resources could be devoted to their common advantage. Each state retained its identity, its form of government, its capital, that is Zaragoza and Barcelona, and its languages and institutions under the rule of one sovereign. The temperaments and cultures of the peoples of Aragon and Catalonia differed significantly from one another. The Aragonese, traditionally a landlocked, country had more in common with the language and customs of Castile. The Catalans, on the other hand, had close linguistic and cultural ties to Languedoc in southern France, and were more oriented towards the Mediterranean. In spite of their differences, the Union achieved in 1137 held throughout the Middle Ages. The crown of Aragon would not only go on to rival Castile for supremacy of the peninsula, but also become a key player in the politics of the Mediterranean for the next centuries. Meanwhile, in the kingdom of Castile, Queen Urraca passed away in 1126 and was succeeded by her son Alfonso Ramondes, who at the age of 21 became Alfonso VII of Castile, Leon, and Galicia. Alfonso's rule, until his death in 1157 was characterised by his attempt to revive his throne supremacy of Christian Spain, especially after the death of Alfonso the Battler. This was never achieved, however. Indeed, it was during his reign that Portugal gained independence under the leadership of Alfonso Enriquez, known to history as Alfonso the Great and as the founder of a new kingdom. Portugal, a region recently conquered from the Muslims, was the southern half of the Kingdom of Galicia, under sovereignty of the King of Leon and Castile. Afonso's parents, Henry and Teresa, took advantage of the relative weakness of the Castilian throne under Queen Urraca, to gain a degree of local independence for Portugal. When Afonso of Portugal became king, he persistently tried to extend his rule into Galicia. Alfonso VII was strong enough to prevent this, but unable to stop Afonso consolidating his hold on Portugal. And so the two leaders made peace in 1137. Alfonso of Portugal, from then on, directed his aims against the Almoravids in the south, and on the 25th of July 1139 won a decisive victory in the Battle of Urique. His success gave him enough confidence to adopt the title of king, which was tantamount to a declaration of independence from Alfonso Seventh, whom he had beforehand at least nominally recognised as Emperor. Alfonso sent ambassadors to Rome to pledge homage and loyalty to the Holy See. By becoming a vassal of the papacy instead of Leon Castile, he took another significant step to strengthen his independence. Throughout the peninsula the Almoravids were in decline, under attack from Christians to the north, and by growing unrest among their own subjects. Meanwhile, on the other side of Europe, in the year 1144, the city of Odessa, the capital of the crusader state of the same name, fell to the Muslims. In response, Pope Eugenius III called for the leaders of Christian Europe to go on crusade to the Holy Land and help retake the city. It was a period when the whole of Christendom was gripped by a crusading fever, from the Baltic Sea to the Iberian Peninsula, as well as the eastern Mediterranean. In response to the Pope, numerous Christian armies made their way eastwards to fight in what became known as the Second Crusade. Their campaign was appallingly badly planned and executed, and ended up in disaster. The only success of any lasting significance occurred on the other side of Europe, from the Middle East, in Portugal. It was achieved by a contingent of crusaders, who happened to be passing by, and who were persuaded by the King of Portugal, Afonso, to join him in a siege against Muslim-held Lisbon. The crusader army, who came from various regions, such as Germany, Flanders, Normandy and England, and numbered several thousand, intended to sail around the Iberian Peninsula on their way to the Holy Land. When they stopped off at the city of Porto, they were introduced to King Afonso, who persuaded them to stay for a period and help him in his own war against the local infidels. He guaranteed to the Crusaders the plunder of Lisbon and the ransom of captives. Those who wished to settle there would be given lands, and they and their descendants would be exempt from the payment of tolls in any part of the realm. The siege of Lisbon began on July the first, and after four months, defenders, desperately short of provisions, agreed to surrender. Although the Muslims were permitted to leave freely, the city was sacked and many were killed, including the Mozarabic bishop. Most of the Crusaders settled in the newly captured city, while the others set sail once more and continued to the Holy Land. The conquest of Lisbon rivals in importance with the capture of Toledo in 1085 and Zaragoza in 1118, and was perhaps the greatest of the many achievements of the remarkable King Afonso I, who during his long life transformed Portugal into an important regional power. The historian A.R. Disney, on his book of the History of Portugal, writes that there are no obvious reasons why Portugal should be distinct politically from the rest of the Iberian Peninsula. The border of Spain is marked neither by any significant natural barriers nor by any discontinuities of terrain or climate. The existence of Portugal as a separate nation today can only be explained by the events and personalities of history. At the same time as the siege of Lisbon, a separate Christian army achieved yet another important success, this time in the southeast of Spain. On the 17th of October 1147, Alfonso VII and Raymond Berenguer the IV together captured the port city of Almeria. As the principal seaport of Spain of the time, Almeria in this period received ships from throughout the Mediterranean and was known for its exporting of pottery, glass and silken robes of different colours and patterns. The Christian victory is described in some detail in a work known as the Poem of Almeria, an important document, not only as a source of information on historical events and customs of the time, but as a great work of literature. Returning from Almeria, Ramon Berenger IV sought assistance from the church for the conquest of the city of Tortosa, near the mouth of the river Ebro. Pope Eugenius III agreed to grant a crusade indulgence to those who took part in the attack, and after a siege of six months, Tortosa surrendered on the 31st of December 1148. Within a year of this success, the Aragonese also took control of the whole. Ebro River Valley from its source to the sea. The new Christian ruling class of the region encouraged the local Muslim farmers to stay and continue cultivating the richly irrigated lands of the valley. They were joined by Christians from the north, who with the offer of privileges from their king, settled the area, taking possession of vacated lands. Settlement of the frontier zones tended to be quite sparse, at first due to the ever-present threat of daily raids and armed conflicts, and so security became entrusted to the recently established military orders. The Knights Templar and the Hospitallers were active in the lands acquired by Aragon from Zaragoza to the city of Teruel. The Order of Alcantara meanwhile held a large zone in Extremadura along the Portuguese frontier, where the Knights of the Order of Calatrava occupied the area directly south of Toledo, and the Knights of Santiago held the land to the east of that. The succession of military victories in the 1140s gave the Christians confidence that they would soon be able to destroy Muslim rule in Spain entirely. So confident were Alfonso Seventh and Ramon Berenger IV that they agreed to a treaty called the Treaty of Tudelen which defined the respective shares of all remaining Muslim territory. The confidence of Christian Spain was enhanced by a successful, expanding economy. Coastal cities on the east coast, such as Barcelona and Tortosa, and also Lisbon in the west, were developing rapidly as commercial centres, encouraged by the decline of Muslim naval power. Inland in Castile and Leon, the raising of sheep was developed, and wool well exported via the Cantabrian port-towns of northern Spain. And in Nevada, a Rioja district of vineyards and cereals flourished in the countryside of a temperate climate. The cultural achievements of the Hispanic Christians of this era were slight in comparison with those of Al-Andalus or Northern Europe, but some significant developments did take place. In the city of Toledo, in particular, the new Christian rulers came into possession of a number of libraries full of scientific knowledge and great literature, unknown to the West. The important task of translating and assimilating the wisdom of the Arab world was sponsored by, among others, Archbishop Raimondo of Toledo, Archbishop 1125-1152, and so developed a community of scholars named the School of Translators, which made Toledo the intellectual capital of Christian Spain and an important link between Latin and Arabic civilizations. The term school of translators is used to describe not one single institution, but rather a number of individuals and small groups of scholars. The most prolific of the translators to work in Spain was the Italian Gerard of Cremona. Who came to Toledo as a young man in 1140 in search of works he was unable to find in the Latin world. Until his death in 1187, he translated several of the works of Aristotle. The texts were usually first translated from Arabic into local Romance language by the Mozarabs, and then from Romance to Latin by the Roman clergy. In addition, a number of Jews were also active in the translation process. As for the subjects concerned, according to José Javier Espaza, 47% of the work were in mathematics and cosmology, 21% on science and philosophy, 20% on medicine, 8% on religion and natural sciences, and 4% on alchemy and the occult sciences. The Christians by now perhaps expected to continue their successes and keep pushing the borders of conquests further south. Instead they were confronted with the challenge of a new power which was quickly gaining ascendancy in North Africa, a religious sect known as the Almohads. They were to be the main enemy that faced Christian Spain in the second half of the 12th century and the first years of the 13th century. Thank you for listening to A History of Europe, Key Battles. Please join me again next week for the next part of the story of medieval Spain. Have a great week, and until then, goodbye.